Hello, Podicumans. Brett Maddox here. Today, we are diving right back into the Faith Once Delivered document that was produced out of the John Wesley Institute. You can check out our show notes for links to the John Wesley Institute and to this document, which is available for free download. Remember that you can connect with us on social media at Podikesis is where you can find us. You can email us at questions at podikesis.com, or you can connect with us through voicemail 404-635-6679. Now, let's start this episode of the Podikesis podcast and continue our discussion. Hello, Podicumans, and welcome to the Podicesis Podcast, a podcast about what Christians believe and why it matters. I'm Brett Maddox, and once again, we're joined by your very best friends, and contrary to popular belief, not a history teacher and not a lawyer, Jim Morrow and Alan Kaysen. We had we had a guy who sent me a text earlier oh. this week who said that our images on YouTube looks like the combination of a lawyer, a history teacher, and um, I forget what the other thing was. <laughs> but uh, professor uh, giving a pop quiz. Yes, I exactly. did. Um, <laughs> yeah, I did want to be a lawyer growing up, but that changed. Well, there you go. So, there you go. Well, that. anyway, to uh, to that one person, you know who you are out there. I'm offended um, because when I look at my image, I'm like, yeah, superhero. <laughs> Uh, I mean, my application to the Avengers is in, and I'm just waiting on a response, but I'll be a teacher giving a pop quiz. Well, they've they've had their end game, so like, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> nice. That was that was fascinating. Thank Brett, you. What Thank you, you. Did so, there. Yeah. Well, so listen, real quick, um, you know, Jim, uh, the last few episodes has decided to uh, help uh, allow AI to tell the story of both Brett oh, wow. and I without yeah. our consent, by the way. Yeah, that's oh, true. Yeah. Um, that's true. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That happened. So uh, without his consent, Uh-oh. I decided to allow AI to tell us the story of Jim Morrow. And so um, let me just see what we got here. So we're going to do this at the beginning of the episode. Is this, can you see it? The Is unravel. This... Oh, I thought it said the unraveling of Jim Morrow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> The unraveling of Jim Morrow, but this is better. The unraveling the mystery of Jim Morrow. Okay. Yes, the unraveling of Jim Morrow. Um, the unraveling of Jim Morrow is the name of my actual biography, <laughs> my real-life biography. Right. Well, it turns out there is an actual James Morrow who is a science fiction author, so that yes. did not work. Um, there's also there's also a James Morrow who is uh, a championship power lifter, and that one is me. Okay, well, um, some of these pictures may look like uh, a power lifter, but um, so we're going to just get the background of James of Jim Morrow, the professional life of Jim Morrow, uh, the philanthropy oh, and personal oh, life philanthropy. of Jim Morrow, yeah. values and legacy. And so he already has a as legacy. we look at the background. <laughs> <laughs> what am I? Or is that how I came into existence? Now, it's what, funny what because were those some things other... called in uh, Lord of the Rings, the wraiths or whatever? <laughs> the yeah, the ring wraith. <laughs> what's, what's, what's interesting is that um, some of these other pictures are are definitely going to look like Jim, but this one is um, looks. I mean, we are talking about the Holy Spirit today, so that, anyways, uh, Jim Mar- um, Jim Morrow is a lifelong entrepreneur. He has been involved in multiple <laughs> business ventures, ranging from retail to tech. Yeah. In his free time, Jim enjoys spending time with his family and exploring the outdoors. I haven't been outside in 42 years. <laughs> and participating in dark magic, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No, no, that's... 
It's just Twilight. It's not dark. Oh, okay, um, okay, okay. So he has a passion for helping others succeed. He believes that everyone has the potential to reach their goals. He is determined to help them do so. He's an advocate for education and education. mentorship, yeah. and he is always looking for ways to give back to his community. Hold on. So Before was you Voldemort. Go, you got to go back. You got to go back. Okay. Yeah, this is true. So if you say advocate for education and mentorship, put it with that picture. What kind of what what kind of success Vol- am I helping people reach? Voldemort and uh, Voldemort, raising yeah. up. Um, <laughs> Dark uh, uh, Death Eaters. Just uh, the, the, the one who <laughs> shall not be mentioned. Uh, All right. Okay. Oh, Jim Morrow's pr- professional life. See, there he is. Um, <sighs> uh, it looks very. Like, I don't. Where, looks, where am I taking that briefcase? I don't know. <laughs> How did I get up something. there and how am I gonna get down? Yeah, it looks like a it looks like it's self-contained plot of grass. So, yes. yeah. so for audio um, people, um, this is a weird pick. So we'll let Alan read. You just gotta get on our YouTube channel after uh, yes, right. later. Jim Morrow is a highly successful entrepreneur. He has built a reputation for himself as an expert in the tech industry, and he's mm-hmm. currently the CEO of a successful startup. He's also a sought-after speaker and consultant. He often advises other entrepreneurs on how to succeed in their ventures. Like getting active, stuck on a plot of grass. Yes. Uh, <laughs> okay. it's, it's time of solitude. Every, every leader has to get away. Jim is an active member of the business community. He's a frequent guest speaker at conferences, and he is often invited to give keynote speeches. He's also an active investor in multiple startups, and he's always looking for new opportunities to invest in. Oh, okay. That's good. That's good, yeah. Yeah. Philanthropy. <laughs> See, there's Jim. What is there, he is. there he is. There he is. Did you use? That's weird. Yeah, Jim Morrow is a passionate philanthropist. He is an active supporter of several charities, always looking for ways to give back to his community. Wow. Redundancy, redundancy. He's an act. He's an advocate for education and mentorship. He's regularly d- donates his time and money to causes that he believes in. Not Jim that he also, doesn't believe in. That's good. Right. It's, yeah. it's just yeah. not wasting yeah. money. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also works to empower young entrepreneurs. He regularly hosts events and workshops to help others learn the skills they need to succeed. He also mentors young entrepreneurs, offering them advice and guidance as they navigate the world of business. Mm-hmm. Well, Which means Adam, that Jim is not young anymore. Uh, uh, right, right, right. His personal life. In his personal life, he grows a beard. Uh, yeah, uh, I've done that before. <laughs> and he looks slightly de- into the camera. When he's dealing with it, when he gives money, he has no beard. Yeah, <laughs> but in his personal life, I can't afford razors anymore because I gave all my money away. Oh, his, okay, uh, yeah. Amanda loves the beard. That's apparently yeah. what we're saying. So, um, Jim Morrow is a family man. He's married to his wife, and they have oh. two children. Yeah, they left one oh. out. He's they an active participant out. in his children's lives and, and loves to spend time with them. Same thing. <laughs> Lies. <laughs> but, Lies. Uh, he also enjoys spending time with his extended family, and he's always looking for ways to bring them closer together. You know me. <laughs> <laughs> no comment there, Jim. Uh, Jim also loves to travel. He mm-hmm. often takes his family on trips around the world, and he loves to explore new cultures and meet new people. Literally, I don't. I go. I take them in a plane, and we just go around <laughs> the world and back home. Around yeah, that's right. it, yeah. and back. All right, so that's we're right. kind of done. There's values and legacy. He's got a legacy, and he's got values. So yeah. See, uh, look, I just have to say um, two things. One, I mean, AI can't even make me a joke, right? No, it can't. No, right? No. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. That's a mess. My, I, I do wish, I do want to rerun this instead of unraveling the life of Jim Morrow. I do want to retitle it "Unraveling Jim, Jim Morrow." Morrow. I think I the typed unraveling in. Of I Jim think, um, I think it said, "Help me." I think I said, "Help me understand Jim Morrow," and that was the title: "Unraveling the Mystery of Jim Morrow." I love it. The it's, unraveling. It's amazing. I love it. Yeah. I love it. That's, yeah, awesome. that's fantastic. That is fantastic. all right. So, what, what are we here for today? Besides, um, the Holy Spirit. Oh, uh, what? We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. 
Praise God. Um, and much like a lot of the the church uh, does, we're just going to talk about it for about ten minutes and then. Oh, 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 hey, oh, did I, oh, come on! Did I just? Did I just do that? What are, you, what? what are you doing? <laughs> oh my goodness! I always thought or it was as weird. Francis Chan says we're going to talk about the forgotten, forgotten God. God. Yes, he says it like that too. Yeah, he does. Um, yeah, uh, I always found it weird. Like the day of Pentecost, you know, that beautiful red in the church, everything is looking great. Happy birthday, church! And the Holy Spirit comes down and all of that stuff. And then the next Sunday, we're green for like half the year. You know, so. Yeah. Liturgical um, nerd colors for those who are, yes. who are listening. Yes, yeah, I yes, just wear yes. red whenever I want. I thought no, there's uh, that. You also aren't you supposed to wear red during uh, college football season? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's what the red stole is for, right? It is. It is. Yes. Okay. Yes. We're just checking. We need yes. to get Alan a red and black stole. I think that would be. Ooh, you he would never take it off. Like a, you put it. You hey, you put it. You could put the G on there. I know. For God. For God. Hey, yes. Look at you. Look. <laughs> That's not heretical at all. I've never all right. thought about it before at all. <laughs> I don't have it designed on my Vista print and Etsy pages. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's not pending shipping. And, it's not at all. And, like, <laughs> and it's threefold because your first name is Gordon. See? That was, I mean, it just... Depending <laughs> on who I'm talking to, it depends on what the G stands for. Alan's um, face right now was, you're not supposed to say that on air. <laughs> My name is Alan with an E. Hey, you're the one that did Gordon last time. I know time. I did. So, <laughs> all right, what paragraph are we reading? All right, we're on paragraph 50. We're looking at the Trinity, and now we're moving into the Holy Spirit. All right. Yeah, As yeah, the third please. person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit binds together the Father and the Son with himself. The Spirit, as much as the Father and the Son, deserves our worship and adoration. The Spirit, together with the Father and the Son, works at every stage of our salvation. Without the Holy Spirit, there is no Trinity. Because of the Holy Spirit, we are drawn into God's work of salvation and empowered to share in God's own life as God's children, in whom the image of God is being fully restored. By the way, um, I got to thinking as you were reading that, we talked about being in paragraph 50. What are we? What paragraph is this in? What is the document, Alan, that you're the reading from? Faith yeah. wants delivered, otherwise known as the TFOD. Right. A document published by the John Wesley Institute. And there will be a link to that in our show notes. There Possibly. <laughs> that didn't, Possibly. There's, then there's that too. All right. So um, what is meant by this uh, statement of the Holy Spirit binding the Father and the Son with himself? What is going on in that that sentence? That seems Duct to be tape. A... <laughs> gorilla glue. The Holy Spirit is the, is the <laughs> divine duct. A little, little bit of sticky tack. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sorry. I don't. I really don't know what to do with that. Um. Yeah. So there's there's something to be said here. So um, the Father and the Son uh, and the Holy Spirit are uh, the we have one God who has three persons, one being, three persons. And um, the just as, say, if you were to take the Father and the Word, uh, the Source and the Word, um, that is of one Spirit. And so there's, there's a binding uh, together that keeps, that keeps the connection, uh, not that they would be separate in any other way, 
but it, the spirit is all in and through uh, the persons of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So there's a, there's a unity that comes as as you think about this. If you look at uh, a document or a speech, and you can think of the spirit of the speech. Now that's maybe not the best analogy, but it really it's tied to the person who wrote it. Um, and it's filled with the spirit of who they are and what they're doing. And it captures the spirit of the person and it continues. You think, I think about, uh, it wasn't too long ago. We celebrated, uh, what Martin Luther King day, right? Right. right. And the famous, I have a dream speech. And if you were right. to read that and listen to that, um, it is filled with, uh, King's spirit and it continues to be powerful today. Now that's not a great analogy, uh, but just in thinking about that's how those things bind together and the spirit um, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are all bound together in one God. So, um, absolutely. Not on my game and, today. Not on no, my game today. No, no, no. No, no. Three R one. The three R one. They are yeah. together. The three B. The three B one. So there, there are two authors that I want to bring up here. One is uh, Father Renero Cantalamesa. He is a Catholic priest, um, and at one time, um, I think he's probably into retirement now, but. At one time, he was the preacher to the papal household, and I've always thought, what an assignment. <laughs> the, the, pa the paper household? The paper, yes, the paper The house household. of cards. He was the preacher house to the house of cards. House of cards. Mm. He was a preacher to the papal household, which means— To the pope. The, to the pope. Yeah. And, um, and so—but Canel Mesa, one of the things about him, uh, he wrote a lot on the Holy Spirit. He was really kind of a charismatic—is kind of a charismatic— Pentecostal Catholic. And because of that, he's done a lot of ecumenical work within Catholicism and Protestant work. Um, he's got this book. It's more of a devotional, but it really is one of the best theologies on the Holy Spirit I've read, and it's called Come Creator Spirit. Ah, oh, yes. And in that book, he says this. He says that um, uh, within the Godhead, within the triune Godhead, there is love between the Father and the Son. This bond of love is the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. He explains, in the Trinity, the Father is the one who loves, the principle and source of all. The Son is the one who is loved, and the Holy Spirit is the love with which they love. Um, therefore, Kentel Mesa calls the Holy Spirit the love of God in person. Now, I want to go to a, a Protestant on this, uh, or an Anglican. And that's C.S. Lewis. And C.S. Lewis writes on this, and kind of picking up on what you were talking about, Jim, on the spirit of something. Mm. Um, he says that uh, descri he describes, Lewis describes the Holy Spirit um, in relation to the Father and the Son as the union between them. I mean, he'll write, he says, the union between the Father and the Son is such a live, concrete thing that the union itself is a person. And then he'll go on, he'll say, you know that among human beings, when they get together in a family or a club or a trade union, people talk about the spirit of that family or club or trade union. It's as if the sort of communal personality came into existence. Of course, that's not a real person. It's only rather like a person. What grows out of the joint life of the father and the son is a real person and is, in fact, a third of the three persons who are God. And this is out of mere Christianity. And so, um, again, yes. So Father Cantal Mesa, C.S. Lewis, 
And I think classic exegetes, uh, classic theologians would agree that uh, what we have here is the Father, the Son, and this love bond between them is such a real concrete thing, if you want to use that word, that it, it, it is itself a, a person. It is itself in existence. And so, and then it is the Holy Spirit, that love between the Father and the Son, that, that, that gets poured out to us through the grace of God in, um, um, in, in the work of God um, in, in salvation and in history. So um, absolutely, I think you're right on, on the spot there. Yeah, those are those are great, and and I love um, I love the work that you've just read through for both of these. And, and for some reason, Trinitarian theology is is has not been uh, common in my Christian upbringing. Like it's been there. Like I have great right. pastors and, and great churches, and we're Trinitarian, but just understanding and explanations and and things like these, uh, Cantela Mesa and Lewis that you've just read with us is. And that's just beautiful stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. I, I would draw your attention back to, I believe, Gregory the Great, and mm-hmm. I need to I need to bring the book next time so I can quote a couple of these things. <clears throat> what he's doing is um, he's giving kind of an apology or a, a defense or explanation of Trinitarian faith, monotheistic Trinitarian faith. One, he does it to because he's contemporary, you know, with. Uh, high Jewish population, high Greek population. So how how is Jesus God? And so he does this great explanation as he speaks to the Jewish people um, about how God is one in three persons and it does a beautiful job. And when he's talking to the Greek folks, he's saying, hey, look, this is one God, not three gods. And so he gives an explanation of each. And um, I say all that wishing I had brought the book with me, but so there's three great, and Gregory the Great's not entirely difficult to read. No. C.S. Mm-hmm. Lewis is a beautiful read, and we need to put a link to the Father Cantalamesa's book we'll yeah. because um, what I've discovered in my own faith life over the past, since we started the podcast, really, always had, have you ever had a yearning for what the Scripture promises about the experience of God in your life? Yes. Yes. Sure. Uh, yes. Yeah. Of course you have, right? And that's part of the Methodist longing, right? Yes. Um, the Wesleyan longing. Yes. And it's only been since, <clears throat> believe it or not, the more I've studied theology, and it might be the way I'm wired, to tell you the truth. I might be mentally wired. I am mental, but I might be mentally wired. <laughs> um, the more I've studied and understood, the more I've experienced the power and the love and the presence of God through the Holy Spirit. Yeah. No, and the absolutely. more then I've been able to yield and understand the leadership of the Holy Spirit in my life. Yeah. yeah. And so I think, I personally think, and I think our parent podcast, uh, parent organization, Viacom Spirit and Truth, <laughs> <laughs> Spirit and Truth believes the same thing, uh, Yeah. Mm-hmm. is that the more you give your mind to meditate, to seek to understand what has been revealed about God, mm-hmm. the more you experience through the spirit the work power and presence of god yeah sure yeah i think and and i think what that does too for those of us who might be in the uh what 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 would you call us i mean kind of quasi mainline kind of uh middle of the road uh not entirely uh you know 
enthusiastic American people uh, who might have had a reaction to some of the um, enthusiasm of charismatics in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Um, you don't have to live in reaction to stuff that you see and say, well, I don't know about the Holy Spirit or the Holy yeah. Spirit. You know, like the cessationists who say the Holy Spirit no longer gives gifts. Um, Goodness. But you can learn and, and, and find the Spirit of God at work. Yeah. And all these things. So I may be I, going ahead of us here, but no, no. And I, I think it. I think the question that was asked by the guy, and I, I can't believe I forget his name, but the who founded Vineyard Church. Um, the question he asked while sitting in church one Sunday was, you know, of why don't we why don't we see these things? He's reading, I think, from Acts, right? Why don't we see these things anymore? Which that that one question spurs a whole movement. Um, with it, you know, for, in the vineyard church. Vineyard church. So, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm completely in agreement with you. With so you I think you know it's a, in the question. It says the Spirit, together with the Father and Son, works at every stage of our salvation. Right. And so I think what we're really talking about is that stage of sanctification. Yeah. And um, you know, I, I, uh, Jim, you were on this uh this Zoom session last week, but um, you know, I just shared. You know, uh, this time last year, um, I just had a simple prayer of God, I want more. Mm. And um, that was all I could get out. And, you know, the Lord revealed to me sort of last week how God has answered that prayer mm. in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. uh, certainly through the power of the Holy Spirit, you know, and, and just different different ways. And I'm not going to go into all those details, but um, just how... God wants to give us more of himself, mm -hmm. um, through, through the Holy spirit. And, um, and I think, you know, Jim's on this, I think there's different ways that manifests itself and, you know, our personalities are, are I think God factors that in, mm -hmm. you know, um, and, and I certainly for me see a correlation between, you know, us digging into the theology and, and the doctrine of what we believe as Christians, there's a correlation. Uh, yeah. um, with yeah. that for me yeah, as I well. So. So, I agree. So, so in this this uh, paragraph, it says, the Spirit together with the Father and the Son works at every stage of our salvation, right? And so um, that means, you know, we think about Jesus saves us, and this is absolutely true, um, but that is not without the Spirit, right? Um, and so when we're thinking about salvation, inviting people to Jesus, we're also really implicitly thinking about the work of the Spirit. I remember when I, I, I won't go into testimony here, but the Spirit of God kind of arranged, I, I would say preveniently arranged, a strange and unexpected opportunity for me to go to the wrong church one Sunday as a teenager to hear a mediocre sermon that said, sorry, Derek, it was actually really good at the time. God went through you. <laughs> um, it's not bad. I, I, it's not bad. It's not bad. I, I love it. Uh, I quote it every, every week. Um, to hear just the right word to strike me at just the right time to change the course of my life, it was a warm, deep moment. You experience these things in different ways. And, and as I've done, um, I'm doing a doctoral, uh, doctoral ministry in organizational leadership right now. And one of the funny things is they're not, is I'm not learning any techniques. I'm one of the main things I'm learning is, um, the hardest person to lead is myself. Mm -hmm. And 
to bring theology to reflect theologically on leadership and then god is in charge i'm ultimately mm -hmm. just learning those things but i had to go back and really look through the formation of my christian life and leadership and i can look back from the very beginning experiences and see the spirit of god at work mm -hmm. to kind of weave and redeem circumstances and put me put me in places so throughout the journey of salvation from as one is being wooed awakening onward so the spirit is not just for after you have jesus christ and you want to have power or whatever yeah. the spirit of god is doing all of these things in fact i would go as far as to say the world doesn't spin without the spirit of god oh yeah absolutely, uh, absolutely. lungs don't lungs don't involuntarily draw breath right. without the power of the holy right. spirit working right. the economy of god and making it happen Hey, everyone, we will return to the show in just a moment, but we just wanted to take this time and tell you about some of our favorite people. As you know, the Podakesis Podcast is a proud member of the Spirit and Truth Podcast Network. Spirit and Truth is a movement of Wesleyan-minded Christians seeking to awaken and equip the 21st century church through the power of the Holy Spirit to share the gospel and make disciples of Jesus Christ. We long to see a new movement of Christians who are empowered by the Spirit, rooted in truth, and mobilized for the mission. For more information and resources, you can visit www.spiritandtruth.life. We also want to let you know about the Spirit and Truth Conference, March 9th through the 11th in Dayton, Ohio. Last year, uh, the Podakesis podcast crew went to this conference for the very first time, and honestly, it was life-changing. It was so impactful. And so we want to invite you to join us at this conference in Dayton, Ohio, March 9th through the 11th. You can register now. Registrations are open. Early registration is open at spiritandtruth.life, and you can follow the link there. You can also put the word podcast, podcast, in the discount code box and get a little bit of a discount on your registration. So uh, we hope to see you in Dayton, Ohio, March 9th through the 11th of 2023, as we all come together in worship, seeking God's Spirit, and, being, uh, and, and just fellowshipping with each other as we grow closer to Jesus. And now, uh, that's all I have, so we're going to get back to our conversation so I think let's 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 read the next two paragraphs because I think that gives into we look at how the spirit moves in the Old Testament and the New Testament to give us some framework for how the spirit works in in our lives. So I'm going to read these two together. Uh, Fifty one in, in in Scripture, the Holy Spirit is a gift breathed by the Father through the Son, but this gift is no passive object. In the Old Testament, the Spirit sweeps over the waters of creation. Genesis one. The Spirit falls on prophets, enabling them to proclaim God's Word, Isaiah 61. The Spirit fills the people of God, sustaining them with the joy of, of your salvation, Psalm 51. And then paragraph 52, in the New Testament, the Spirit blows where it chooses, John 3, drawing women and men to Christ, filling Christ's disciples with the power of the gospel, and bestowing gifts to build up Christ's church, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, Hebrews 2. The work of the Spirit can be distinguished from the work of Jesus Christ. The Spirit is a, another advocate, John 14, but the Spirit's work cannot be set against the work of Christ. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth, whom the Father will send in my name, who will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Mm. Both the distinctive work of the Spirit and the Son, as well as their fundamental unity, can be maintained because they share in the unity of the triune God. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, uh, I haven't quoted him in a couple of episodes, but Thomas Odin. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there we go. Odin son. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! So, oh my goodness gracious! As a Japanese um, samurai, <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> I don't know what just happened. Except we, we just got canceled. Going. So anyway, no, we don't keep going. We're gonna All stop right. and we're gonna sit on this. Alan. Uh, okay. You said Odinson. Yes. You did that. You did that on air. It's All right. Okay. We've sat I didn't do that. That was, at, that was Gordon. That was Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> that was G.A. Casey. All right. Oh, goodness. So, now we can uh, <laughs> So uh, the activity, and we see this in the Old Testament and New Testament, right? The activity of the Holy Spirit in a person's life is one of administering the redemptive work of Christ. Yeah. So the Holy Spirit makes it possible for a person to experience salvation in its entirety. Yeah. Um, and so Odin will explain that the Holy Spirit works in the administration of redemption first to speak to the human spirit through scriptures and preaching, and then within the human spirit to elicit repentance of faith. And so the Holy Spirit, it he speaks to us, right? So as you were saying, Jim, right, like in that sermon, you know, pastors will preach thousands of sermons over a career. And one of the things over the, you know, decade and a half or so, almost 20 years that I've been doing this, um, one of the things that has been real apparent to me is when I stand up in that pulpit, there is nothing I bring to it, honestly. Like, I've put the study in, I've, I've, I've formulated it, but the power that goes out in proclaiming the Word of God is, that's not my power. That's not me. Um, any response or lack of response, there, there is a sense where you just turn that over to let the Lord do what the Lord does. There have been times when I've preached a sermon that I thought was lackluster, um, and then I'll get responses to it like that are crazy. And I know Jim and Alan can testify to that as well. Um, so the Lord speaks. I remember, so, you know, Jim, you shared a little bit. I've shared this before, but at a chrysalis in 1996 where I didn't want to be there, I didn't, there wasn't anything special that I can remember from the various talks and whatever going on. But man, that Saturday night, to hear the voice of the Lord, to hear the voice of the Lord say to me that I love you, that that was it. Literally, was redemptive. I, I I came up out of that experience a changed person. I would hear that voice again about a year later, calling me to preach. I mean, the voice of the Lord that 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 speaking to through scriptures through preaching. And then within to elicit repentance in a faith. You know, there was something about that voice that said, I love you, that just stirred me to change, to be different. Um, it wasn't like a, I heard, I love you, and I was like, that's cool. It stirred me to change. And so, um, yeah, that, that, there's power there. And that can speak a little bit to this idea of 
the unity and the power of the Spirit, because it's yeah. not just a word that's, that you heard. It's not just... Right, right. It's a word that is filled with the power that you can experience in your person by a person. Right. And that is the work of the Spirit that unifies the God right. who gave that message to you, the right. word that was spoken into your heart, therefore filled with the power and the ability for you to experience and know right. it. Right. Now, I'm mean, not uh, trying to analyze your process. I'm just taking what you just told me to try to help no, connect absolutely. the dots. And listen, that is that's the biblical witness on all the like I was thinking so like this connection to Jesus, right? So like we um I preached on uh the calling of the disciples in Matthew four this this week. This past week. It is so interesting to me that Jesus the way Matthew puts it, that Jesus just says, Hey, come follow me and I will make you fishers of people. And they did. And Matthew goes to great lengths to say that it was immediate, like they immediately mm-hmm left their nets. They immediately, John and James, they immediately left their father. Like, the immediacy of that call, that word, and that happens today still with the Holy Spirit, right? That that call still goes out, and it's the Holy Spirit that administers that to us, and um, our response, you know, it comes and, afterwards. Yeah. yeah, and I want to connect with an idea I brought the last episode, and I think I need to stop because y'all have to tell me if I'm even making sense today. I feel like I, I'm, you're feel, you're good. You're, you're good. good so floating yeah. above my head. So taking that passage, those disciples heard the call of Jesus and immediately left their nets and went and made this radical change and became mm-hmm. the one thing that's important in the conversation we're having today is that doesn't happen just because they were a certain kind of people that had yes, uh, the right. courage that we should have that same right. That is the Word being brought into life by the Amen. power of the Holy Spirit in Amen. their life. Now, granted, they did have the courage to respond to that, right. but the uh, you, cannot, you cannot assume... I just can't think that my job is to call people to that kind of discipleship out of their own ability to make that kind of big shift, but out of the reality that the Holy Spirit wants to empower and make it possible for you and for me to make the kind of shift that will radically take us into new and a new and powerful life. Amen. Right. So it's, I, 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 and it might just be me and you're going to, you've heard this over about two or three episodes and I'll move on later, but this idea that the, the scripture is not just an example for us to follow, and it becomes that if the Spirit of God is not alive, Boom. if God is not alive and active in the world through the Spirit, wow. all yeah, it I mean, can become, all it can become is you should do this because here's mm-hmm. the example, yes. and this is how you're supposed to live. But what the what this is is a proclamation <clears throat> that there is a kingdom here with an advocate gift sent to us that is God alive and active and working. And therefore, all of this is possible and can be made possible in you, in the church, in the world. Mm-hmm. And, and, yes. and, you know, that's a hair's breadth, maybe difference. But for me, as I prepare to teach and guide and, and even lead myself, that's a huge difference. Right. Because it's not just you better because it's the, the, the only thing that you can really do, the only effort that can really be made, and it's not really your effort, is just to surrender. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is this is what I'm thinking these days, and that's only made possible by the Spirit. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I don't know if it even, it even is a hair's breadth. I think it's the difference between following Jesus because he's a good example in our lives or following Jesus because 
there is power. Like there is there is transformational power. Like it, Jesus is more than an example. It is <clears throat> Jesus redeems us. He can change us. He says, repent for the kingdom of God is near. We can only do that through the power to elicit that elicits re- repentance within right. us. Well, it's the 50, this, well, no, the 52 says filling Christ. So the Holy Spirit blows where it blows, drawing women and men to Christ, filling Christ's disciples with the power of the gospel and bestowing gifts to build up Christ's church. Yeah. To be filled up means we first have to be emptied. Ooh. And, you know, there's a whole, you come and follow me. The idea of come and follow me is, 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 is allowing Christ to lead you to be the Lord of your life. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, in order to do that, you have to empty your, of your, of your way of doing things, of your, of your power. Um, and a lot of what, a lot of the way we operate in the church is in our own, uh, in own, just own skills and talents that, God has given us naturally, mm-hmm. but I think the the more that God wants to do is to fill us up with His power that is not it's not ours but it's His, um, and and it's those gifts that only He can give us for the building up of the church, for the edification of of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, for um, for sharing the good news with with those around us. Um, so yeah. this is all you know. We've, there's a power that God wants to give us. Um, and I love actually the Spirit and Truth new podcast. They were talking about this and that uh, the gifts of the Spirit and, and the Holy Spirit. And and it's really, we think about the demonstrations of the Holy Spirit as sort of this act of power. It's really an act of love. Mm. And it comes, all of it comes out of God's love. Mm. Um, and, uh, I think once we start realizing that it's not this, it's not the show and dance, but it is, it is God demonstrates, fills us with his power, the Holy Spirit as an act of love um, and out of his love. Um, anyways. So. Um, Absolutely. That's what Cantala Mesa says in that quote that I gave. Right, if, right. If, if the Holy Spirit is the love shared between right. God, the father and God, the son, and then that love is poured out on us. That is love, right? And that just really right. picks up on this idea. God is love. The Holy Spirit, it's not about empowering us to, you know, it's not about giving us power so that we can be some sort of like He-Man or something or she well, like, or something like so that. So it's like you know? uh, somebody somebody tweeted, uh, they put in Jat, G, Jat, G, Jat, Chat GPT. <laughs> um, hey, how do I explain the Trinity to a five-year-old? And one of the things for the Holy Spirit was um, the Holy Spirit is God's magic wand. Um, no. uh, right, right. Like, mm. like there's you know, the limitation. There, there is. are limitations, and uh, it's like, no, it's not just about like, oh, right. let me let's see how much, let's see what neat tricks he can do. No, it's out of his love, it's overflowing, yeah, uh, fills us up to overflow. I know the answer. I need to get with the chat GPT people. The go. answer to that question is this, and it should show up every time. How do I teach a five year old about the Holy Spirit? You sit them down with this episode of the Podakesis podcast <laughs> because we are either speaking at a five-year-old's level, our humor yeah. is at a five-year-old's level. That's no doubt. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
so I got two two quick thoughts, and I don't know. Uh, we'll probably wrap up here in a minute. Yeah. Um, if you haven't really paid attention to this idea of the Spirit as another advocate in John fourteen, it really is worth it. Um, now I know Charles Spurgeon, the famous preacher, uh, has uh, slightly different theological grounding than uh, he's not a Wesleyan, but that's okay. He's got a couple of great sermons on John fourteen that really dig into what it means that the Spirit is an advocate mm-hmm. uh, and the teacher and another advocate. One of the things that he says that I think um, I think holds a lot of water, maybe not all the water, is he says, the, because if there's another advocate, a paraclete, then there was an original one. It's like God, the, the Father sent the Son to be a paraclete. Now there's another paraclete. And this is mm-hmm. his idea. And his idea is, in many senses, the Holy Spirit is to us everything Jesus was to his disciples. Mm-hmm. And so everything that Christ gave to 12, now the gift is for all. And so now that doesn't hold all the water, but it holds a lot and to teach, to remind, to care, to, to all of these things, to empower. Um, I do want to riff one second, because if you're thinking about another advocate that Jesus says, if I don't go, then the helper cannot come, right? Right. Something to that effect. If you just rattle off the beautiful gifts that God became flesh in Jesus Christ, not only does God draw near to people, God shares the experience, God offers ministry and a pronouncement of a new kingdom, God brings uh, freedom from slavery to sin and death, he makes it possible for new life through Jesus Christ. We have Christ praying for us and the world at the throne of the Father and the gift of the Holy Spirit where God is always intimately present with everybody, all because of the incarnation of the Son of God. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of that's a lot of bang for your buck. That that's no more doubt. return than cryptocurrency. <laughs> I mean, just the list of, of you could go on and on and on about the benefits that happen because of oh, the yeah. way the incarnation comes, and the Spirit being poured out on all flesh. Yeah, yeah, is a gift that has come because Jesus has made it possible by coming, coming yeah. to Earth. You know, we get we're getting ready in a few weeks to celebrate um, Ash Wednesday, and one of the things we look at in Ash Wednesday is. Um, the 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 is it in Joel out of Joel yeah. in that one of the texts yeah. out of Joel? It's a great yeah. passage. Mm-hmm. Um, and out of Joel, it talks about that, right? The the old men will dream dreams, uh, young men will prophesy. Yeah. Uh, so basically, that means that Brett, you're going to dream some dreams. <laughs> I did make the He Man <laughs> Shira reference, yes, and you got did. like no. <laughs> I was too busy thinking about what I was going to say, so uh, I, mean, I just let it... Brett, let the it missed see. opportunity, so that was funny. I saw your wink there. The missed opportunity is we opened with the Avengers. We talked about the Avengers again. You should have talked about the Avengers, and it would have been a perfect book. It would have been... A, the, the, uh, that's right, in threes, but I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a good writer, so that's, <laughs> I don't know how to do that good. Anyway, good. all right. Well, you know what? Let's... let's uh. Let's pause right here. Let's let's. Yeah. Uh, we're not done with the Holy Spirit, so you got to come back for part two. Oh, this will be a not. good. What now? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I, I what don't... do they call that? Jesus juking? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll never be done with the Holy Spirit. Oh my gosh! I juked you out of your sin, bro. Anyway, I can't believe you guys are done with the Holy Spirit. I'll <laughs> never be done with the Holy Spirit. <laughs>
<laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, anyway, so just if you want to join us for part two, if you, uh, if you, there, or find another podcast. I don't know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> let's not. But, let's, let's stick no, with no, us. No, no, actually, Come stay on. with us because I'm, I'm sure there will be some redemption on the other side of this. So, anyway, yeah, we've, gotta, we've just got to beg you to listen. That's a good, exactly right. Until next time, Potty Cumans. We'll talk to you later. Y'all have a good one. As we end this episode, we will have all the links mentioned in the episode, particularly those links pertaining to the John Wesley Institute and the document, The Faith Once Delivered, available uh, in our show notes. That uh, document, The Faith Once Delivered, is available for free download. So just click on that link and go download it, and you will have that resource. It's fantastic. Uh, be sure to hit us up on social media. At Potechesis is where you can find us. You can find us on our website, podcasts.podbean.com and you can listen to us wherever you get your podcast so share us with your friends and tell them just to find us wherever you can leave us a voicemail uh, 404-635-6679 or leave us an email questions at podcasts.com and as always leave us a five-star rating and review on apple itunes which helps us out there we greatly appreciate it And we greatly appreciate you. And until next time, we'll talk to you later. Have a good one and God bless.